Obviously, we are different. Lucky me. Best time for everything. Galactic Empire. We've got company. Hello. What's that? My name's Omega. I was wondering when you guys would come back. Hunter, Echo, Tech, Wrecker, and Crosshair. You're Clone Force 99. And this is Batch for Breakfast, a Rebel Base Card special micro-podcast series. A Star Wars Bad Batch podcast that asks more questions than it answers. Along with me, Greg McLaughlin is my co-host and fellow Card Squadron winger Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon. Today, we are asking questions on Bad Batch Episode 10, Common Ground, that premiered on Disney Plus Friday, July 2nd. The format of the show, if you're new to it, is this. Greg and I are going to trade some questions about the episode and try to see if we can figure out just what the heck is going on. Sometimes we bring up great points and other times, well, mostly me, have wrong answers and theories, completely, completely wrong. Uh, We haven't seen each other's questions. So much like a draft, we may pick a question the other one might have as well. There are no points, lightning rounds, or double bonuses, but there is a Greg's list we'll get to in a minute. Greg, it's been a great week. How have you been? Uh, good to see you, sir. It's It's been a great week. It's glad to be back, uh, you know, enjoying a little breakfast with you and, and talking about, um, I would say, a, a solid episode. I don't know that I would go too superlative on it, but I certainly wasn't disappointed uh, watching it uh, today. I was really interested once I kind of got wind of what this episode was going to be. What not only your opinion, but what the what reaction it would get online, because I would think you would you would probably agree as I am sucking down some coffee, get myself uh, going here. This is probably one of the most bad batchest episodes we've had. And I would almost argue, could this have been the bad batch many people thought they were going to get from the get go? So. That's what I was I was kind of curious what your thoughts were before we kind of dive into our questions. Your thoughts were overall on the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I thought sitting down is I I was watching the episode and I really felt like this is what I thought this show. uh, Let me phrase it as I this is all I thought this show would Mm. be right. Cool soldiers. Mission of the week. Go do the mission. Finish the job or succeed or fail um and so i think when i say oh it wasn't great it was good what that really means is they have otherwise so far surpassed my expectations and done so much more than i thought possible um it it really is kind of like oh well this is good too but i you have other tricks in your bag and i I like some of those other tricks a little more (laughs) yeah i think it's an interesting place for this episode uh something i might even get into a little bit where we're at episode 10 um Mm. but you know i think a lot of the ground that was laid to get up to this point i think you know really it it has an efficiency about it but i don't necessarily you know i don't i don't necessarily think it was you know wasted or i'm gonna use we'll start calling it the f word um (laughs) you know so to speak but you know, I think when you kind of dig into it a little bit, there were some very interesting nuggets in here mm-hmm. that I hope we can kind of lay on. And I especially hope that some of the other uh, podcasts kind of dive into because I'm really kind of curious about their thoughts. And I know a lot of people out there are doing a great job in uh, whether they're writing a blog, whether they're doing a podcast or doing a roundtable or whatnot. So why don't we get into the Greg's list 
uh, way, way better stuff than what we're doing. We're just sitting around <laughs> asking questions as you are sorting through your Star Wars Destiny uh, you know, little little horde you got there in in the uh, in the Star Wars man cave up there in uh, in New England. Uh, but talk to me about what you had a chance to um, ingest this week. Yeah, I had two nerdy projects up here. So I I had a friend quit Destiny, and I started sorting through the gift of dice and cards from him. And if if there are rebel base card listers who never checked out Destiny, <laughs> now is a great time to buy up collections. And then you can save them for 20 years and sell them back to the people who are sad, which I see happening with the Star Wars CCG, the old Decipher game, all the time. People yep. are desperate for those cards now after years. Um, and then my second one is I've, I uh, was behind on bagging and boarding my comics. And what mm. better podcast time than when you're sitting just bagging and boarding and over <laughs> and over again um, and making sure all, all those treasures are, are put safely away. There have been so many great Star Wars comics lately, and it's it's been great to sort through them. Um, so I will admit uh, freely that my week was largely sucked up with High Republic uh, coverage because mm. it was a big High Republic week. Um, but I spent some time with uh, my usual shows of uh, Blast Points, uh, Force Center, um, and Knights of Ren, all of which continue to do really outstanding deep dives on the show. But I want to give my special shout out this week. Um, I had missed uh, you and Ross had both talked about the big round table that had happened um, with quite a few uh, wonderful fan creators. And so I caught up on a, a version of that. And if, if you're like us, I think you had three <laughs> or four copies of it pop up in your feed. But I went with the the Fanta Tracks uh, version, which was really well produced. Yes. And Mark uh, Mark uh, put together the questions and the answers really nicely and repeated the questions, so the audio was great. Um, but it was so wonderful to get really good questions from um, Dan Z was on the call, Mark was on the call, um, James Bainey from Resistance Broadcast and Star Wars News Networks, uh, Jonah um uh brian young from full of sith it mm -hmm. was it was a who's who of of really great star wars podcasts and you know once you get over the sting of batch for breakfast not getting invited it was a really <laughs> good show so i just want to encourage any of our listeners who who might have skipped that um the the hosts who were on it did an excellent job of asking questions that the guests could answer mm -hmm. um you know a lot of the the podcasts uh, where they get like a marvel guest or something they ask questions that can't be answered but these hosts were smart and they asked about the creative process and and a lot of insights into the parts of the show that already aired so it was a really good round table i know you already listened to it but so i'm just putting in the extra plug for our our listeners no, no. I and and what I liked about that particular one as well is that um, Fanthatrax did a lot of sharing of the airwaves because I think it, it it would have to be a very tricky thing to cover because you do want to get their audio, but then you've got these you know these points that aren't really mic'd in between, and so it's a tricky thing to it's a tricky thing to turn into a podcast because you're going to get great audio and then that. And I really thought that was very you know generous of them. They would talk like who's asking the question. And then, you know, like what the question was, and then they kind of answered. And yeah, I think it was also a very efficient um, time as well, because the answers that you did get, th there wasn't, there wasn't, they didn't have to parse over things they couldn't answer. 
So they were giving you a lot of content and you could, you know, you felt like you got a little, I think it was, like I said, a very efficient way of doing it. And uh, that that's what's nice, especially when you kind of get to know these folks after a while, whether you're just listening to them on a regular basis or you get a chance to meet them at a con. And so you're going, oh, man, and you're like, hey, they're they're kind of in there representing us, the fans, asking all this good stuff. And, yes, you know, one day if we put in if we make it through this, you know, we're going to start making that pitch like we're going to be <laughs> the people that that. Uh, that people look to when they're talking about the bad batch, because <laughs> yeah, we're going to seem smart just from asking a bunch of questions for 16 weeks. Um, but uh, speaking of which, yeah, um, it was a pretty busy week as well. And I didn't get a chance to really get dive into too many. Although um, I always like to see, you know, the cantina cast bubble up Albert and Jonesy do a great job of breaking things down. Um, Geeky bubble podcast. Um, I really want to meet uh, Maria uh, mama at, at, uh, at, the, uh, at celebration because she's, she's really on it. Uh, I love the, I love that mother daughter combo. Um, Wookie radio. I was kind of catching up with them because sometimes when I'm seeing people either do, um, like either a weekly recap or they'll do like a mid season one. Um, the uh, smugglers three at Wookie radio, uh, was listen. I was listening to them a little bit today. Uh, let's see. And then a newer one, uh, voice of the force. It was another kind of a compilation, um, type podcast. And, and sometimes it's nice. I like seeking out different, um, different folks that their takes on it. And it's kind of fun. And then, um, I was surprised to see our buddy over at coffee with Kenobi, uh, Tom gross, uh, the CWK newsman, uh, did a nice little article, uh, for his seeking positivity in the galaxy where he talked about, um, the alpha and the omega, uh, nice little thing that kind of tied into. And I, I really liked that article he did. Uh, he, he has a great little blog over there. I should say little, but he has a great blog over there. And uh, <laughs> if you get him, if you see him on, uh, I think he's on at draft line on, on Twitter. Um, you can see, I think there's a link to that and he posts it there as well. So uh, a, a good, you know, bit around, um, like I said, it'll be curious, um, this week, how we're going to look at common ground. So I'm going to yield the floor because uh, we're going to get into our questions here. And Greg, what is your first question tonight? All right, I'm going to ease us in. It's early in the morning, <laughs> breakfast, the coffee's just on. Um, I just, it's been a few weeks since we were on this topic. So I'm, I'm going to ask the right. soft, softball questions. <laughs> How beautiful is this show? Mm. Um, I just can't get over the visuals we're seeing week to week. Um, so to make it a non-rhetorical question, um, I just want to ask you, you know, from today's episode, but from any recent ones, what are some visuals that stand out to you um, that we've seen and and that have made up this this uh, these adventures these last few weeks? Boy, you would have to say, you know, like a lot of the planets they've been going to. You know, whether when they were out there scavenging the Jedi cruiser at Bracca uh, and all the seascape of all those ships um, to where they simply went and when they were visiting Cut and, you know, the little nuances of, you know, Omega playing with the dirt. Or in this case, uh, we're at Raxus, which is a whole other planet. And we're visiting, you know, a, a, you know, a separatist planet. Um, I, I think they've been given a lot of range uh, to go places, and I think it's been really pretty. I think you know when you go. Well, I was mentioning this last week. You know, going back and seeking the uh, last couple of weeks, um, watching a little bit of the early Cad Bane episodes from Clone Wars, and you can mm. see a lot of great detail in there. But you can really kind of see more of the edges showing 
in that mm. and now I think you just see. And so even when you're talking about the Dejaric table, or even if you look at the texture of Sid, um, who I was very happy to see a lot more of today. Um, yeah. I think, you know, and even seeing, you know, like now you see those two and I forget you have the hammerhead and then you have the other, uh, one, I, I forget the, their names, uh, but it's it's, uh, it's fun. a weak way, but weak I don't way. remember the name either. Yeah, <laughs> but you're seeing them, you know, several times, and they kind of start la- they, you know, you kind of start smiling a little bit, or they're going off on the mission, and I hear gonk, you know, gonky in the background. So I, I think it's just not only the big, you know, the big landscapes, but just a lot of these little moments um, that are mm. that are really I'm I'm enjoying this a lot, and uh, and yeah. I, and like I said, I think this. You know, this benefits a lot from a lot of the work they did through Clone Wars to really get it right. And, you know, and we're just getting you add on other layers. The fact a lot of these stories have been a lot of deeper than what we, we expected. This was going to be like this yeah, for, you yeah. know, the whole thing. And that's great. It breeds a little familiarity and it's sometimes a little easier to uh, to digest. But um, just so much there. Yeah, I just want to add to to your list. Uh, today, the foliage and the grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'd never seen Star Wars doing something quite that detailed. Um, and then uh, last week, I don't recall the name of the, the gas planet, but, you know, it was a beautiful kind of Bespin-inspired planet. And the smoke and the clouds, it's just... Um, things that I never would have expected from Star Wars animation. Um, and maybe a final shout out to, to your point. Um, I was looking at the crowd today on Raxus and it's all different aliens, right? Mm. It's Pantorans, it's Rodians, it's, um, there's a Godel, I think is the name of the kind of goat ones. Uh, thank you. Cause it, I was curious. I see that all the time and you're like, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. I know the again the Star Wars CCG the card of that alien from the cantina was Feltapern Trevig, but I think the species is Godel. Um, but it reminded me on Rebels they had all those Imperial officers with the hat over mm-hmm. their face, so they were clearly reused models and just kind of placeholders because because it got too expensive. So I think you're right to say hey, we've been in this universe so long, we can now pluck these aliens from all over. And once we visit a planet, we can then have those in the crowd. It's it's really turning into something um, far superior to... Listen, listeners, my son watches a lot of really <laughs> crappy kid shows on Netflix, and the animation is so bad. We are so lucky to have what we have for this. So, all right, we've kissed up to the creators enough. We've done our shill... We'll get our big check from Mickey Mouse. There we Hit go. Hit me with one of your questions. <laughs> there, there, there was some interesting, you know, as I was kind of thinking of what my questions were going to be, there was there was an interesting uh, point, and I'm going to try to wrap this in the form of a question. Were you surprised where we started? You know, we had two episodes that kind of were back-to-back, and, you know, we'd already kind of been giving wind that, you know, buckle up. But now we have some time that, may have elapsed were you surprised that they had kind of allowed this this palate cleanser this sort of like time because you're not really quite sure how much time has elapsed mm. were you kind of surprised that we kind of took this break in the action in this part of where we where we are in the story yeah i i think my so i, I watched it twice today and my initial thinking was that it was just they were arriving back home you know hours later when we left them but i think you're right that they've left a gap here and they left a gap um 
prior to the to the uh, inhibitor chip episode, right? There was the mm-hmm. fact that they'd had something like ten missions to celebrate right. with Mantel mix. So um, I'm going to say instead of whether I'm surprised or not, I'm going to just say it's smart. I think um, for me personally, one of the things that was hardest about the sequel trilogy is you don't get that room in between for lots of good adventures. And something that I think keeps Star Wars alive and vibrant is having room for novels and comic books or what have you. So I hope they keep sprinkling in little spaces, like you're saying, little gaps so that someday we can fill it in a little or we can just tell a story that could be in those moments as a part of that. Um, I I think it is always a funny feeling because you, you do feel like, well, did I get left out? What was the adventure I missed that they went on? But I think it's really good and important to leave those gaps uh, for, for, uh, other creatives to to play in later yeah the the almost the 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 second part of that was almost that do you think this story originally was here or somewhere else Mm. that that's something when i kind of looked at like the placement of this particular story felt like it could be yeah because I think the knock will be that you know it was a it was a very formulaic okay this was a, an adventure but do you think it was always meant to be here or do you think it was you know because they could always say hey the heat's on yeah but I yeah, I what, was kind of curious what your thoughts are what a, what a good question on that you know it does remind me a lot of um, for me the reference point is is Doctor Who right where you know the TARDIS <laughs> opens on a planet and a lot of times you could swap those episodes out in in any order and it's just an hour on that planet. Um, the one hesitation I have for this one is I think we needed to be comfortable with Sid in order to know that they would leave Omega with her. So if this was slotted in too much earlier, we might've not felt safe. And, and I at least didn't feel concerned for Omega when she was there. Right. Sid will make a buck (laughs) off her. She'll, she'll make her scrub the bar. Shouldn't there be a droid for that? But okay. She'll make her scrub the bar. Um, but I, I never felt danger there. So, um, it's it's an interesting moment. I, I know this might preview something else you want to ask, um, but here we are at episode 10. This could be a little let's slow down for a couple here, kind of maybe these are the adventure of the week episodes and then we get mm-hmm. into kind of a crunch towards the finale. Um, I think sometimes in, in Rebels especially, you could always feel those episodes where you're just like, yeah, this is not bad. Not going to use the F word, but, you know, they're they're not vital. And, and so they could kind of float around. Taking a foot off the gas a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg, what is your next question? Um, so this is uh, inspired a bit by that great roundtable. So the roundtable, one of the uh, things the creatives pointed out is that our our uh, Bad Batch are trying really hard not to kill any clones. (laughs) And um, I want to ask the question of, is this a good idea? And maybe is this sustainable? Um, So the the creator of the show, the head writer, um, I think it was Brad Rao. Brad Rao, I think is right. um, Mm. Pointed out that um, when they were confronted by clones on Seleucami, the creative team worked really hard to make sure that when um, Hunter shoots clones, he only hits arms and legs and limbs, giving 
wounds to disable them and not you know kill so that they could be cured um and then in today's episode it was all stun blasts Mm -hmm. um as they're fighting other clones and um I don't know. I, we don't know too much about stun technology, but it feels like that's taking a lot of risk. And can you hit somebody with a stun blast from, you know, a hundred yards like Crosshair could with his his uh, sniper rifle? I don't think so. So um, what do you think? Do you think this is sustainable? Can Can they keep being the good guys in this way? I like the fact that they are using the stun, and it was interesting. Uh, my friend Paul was also you know, making a point when he sent me his, you know, his list of personal questions on it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that does show that, you know, they don't want to harm, they, they, they have to harm their, you know, they have to get, you know, take the, their brothers off of the table or the regs off the table in order to, and sometimes get their, get their mission done, but they're not just needless killers. And I think it still shows that there's humanity in in some of in some of this, you know, even to the point of stunning Bragg, uh, which for a second I thought was going to be a bigger key player, but no, she was taken off really quickly. <laughs> uh, there was not even a monologue there, but you know, now unfortunately we can't say the same about Scrappers, uh, who one I'm sure right. fell to his death, um, <laughs> but you know, and there was also that you know in reunion um, where I'm sure a bunch of a bunch of clones uh, bought bought the farm in, mm. in that mess. But yeah, I, I do like the fact that you know this may come a time where you're right, where the where it pushes itself forward that the stakes get high at some point, and what happens? You know, I, I think it would make it would make a clone death, or if they had to, you know, if there was no way to get out of it or something like that, that would really ratchet up the tension. And and also, mm. you know, you put it out there that we still have, you know, we still don't know what the deal with Crosshair is. Uh, so, you know, this is really keeping that, that tension going instead of like, if they were just offing them left and right week after week, then you'd be like, oh, okay, another clones. But, you know, it seems like I, I would say they're very good at stunning because they were <laughs> knocking those clones off left and right, uh, yep. in, in the, in the escape from, uh, from the, from the compound, uh, to get the Senator out. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. That's a, that's a great question as far as will they keep doing it? And mm. what are the stakes and, and what happens if they can't, if they have to, you know, if, if a couple of uh, clones die, how do they, how did I, how do they digest that? Um, a great question for their therapist if they ever get one. Um, <laughs> oh, when I, when I was kind of looking at it, were you surprised at all? You know, I, I think as we talked about the time element, and I think another one as I'm diving in is the relationship between Sid and Omega. And I think, um, you know, we were real happy to see Rhea, Rhea Perlman come in and do the voice of Sid. And we got a lot of Sid uh, this week. But I liked the relationship between the two, you know, given those a little time. It's almost like, you know, we're, we're waiting for that day where we see Echo really get some lines. Um, but in this case, <laughs> it was all it was all Sid and uh, Sid and Omega, but I real I, I was really surprised because I think after the last couple of episodes, you could see Sid going either way. Mm. But I don't think we saw that today. I wanted to say, what was your kind of impression on on how they used Sid in this, and could she now? Do you think she'll still maybe turn him in after all this? Yeah, it was 
<laughs> well, yeah, I don't know how how long I could trust her at any time, but um, I will say it was a real highlight of this episode for me. I liked that plot line a lot. Um, just a little bit of time to d- explore that relationship. Um, I know on TV shows with large ensembles, they often in the writer's room will just kind of shuffle a deck of uh, index cards with the characters' names and put them <laughs> together, right? So like on The Office, you're like, yeah, what what would Dwight and Kelly say to each other? Let's put them in a plot line together. And I, it felt like that. It's like, well, we haven't gotten a lot of those two interacting, so let's shake it up. Um, the moment for me was when Sid clearly hurt Omega's feelings. I believe she mm-hmm. called her useless or um, something like that. And Omega crossed the bar and was crying in the corner. Um, and Sid really could tell she'd done done wrong. Right. And it was a new side of Sid to see her go and try to repair it. I think that quickly became her saying um, more, uh, not paying me enough for all this trouble or something like that. <laughs> so she wasn't totally heart melted um, at, at that moment. But I I think that we did see a change there. And and like you, I just want to shout out Rhea Perlman's performance. Um, you, you pay for a big star for something like this because she adds a lot to it. And um, again, in the round table, they said they think she gets better because once Rhea Perlman started giving the performance, the writers would start to write better for mm-hmm. the voice that they knew was going to come. Um, so I'm excited to see her developed a little bit more um, and see if, if her and Omega bond fully. Wouldn't it be nice if we at some point, whether digitally or better physically, got a real Rhea Perlman autograph? As the voice mm. of Sid, that would be a completely tasty I, <laughs> tops. Get on that. Cause I would absolutely yeah. love to pull or pay for that autograph. That'd be awesome. Uh, just as we, as we've been seeing in, in the uh, master work, uh, you have yeah. uh, John Ratzenberger's signature card out there. For those of you who are playing the uh, star Wars card trader, I, I gotta, sorry, I gotta sneak a little uh, rebel base card stuff in there. In <laughs> business in there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a night with you if it didn't come up. Nah. Um, I, I have seen John Ratzenberger, I think, at two different celebrations, manning a table to sign J- uh, Bren Derlin autographs. Let's put Rhea Perlman right next to him. Let oh, them laugh goodness. in the afternoon. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun, and I, I bet they would enjoy it, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All righty. Hit me with your next shot there, Mr. Cass. Uh, I'll stick to that plot line for a moment. So, again, I, I think the goal was a little character development and, and just some time with, with these two uh, leading ladies. I guess we, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> assume that the gender of the voice is the gender of the character. Um, but there's a curious little line, which is when Omega sees Sid playing the game, she said, well, of course you should do it this way. It's a strategy game, and I'm really good at strategy. Mm. So my question for you is, does this mean that Omega has more training than we might have suspected after last week's revelations? I think you'll find she's full of surprises. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) You know, we keep saying, you know, what is her story? You know, she's clearly had, you know, she's had normal development. Uh, she hasn't had any growth acceleration in her. Um, she, you know, we find that she is, you know, a sister of Boba Fett, and she, you know, she is related to Django. But I, yes, I think she has gotten some extra training, 
and, you know, maybe on a little on some other things, or maybe she's attended a few classes in between breaks of the med bay. Um, but, you know, as much as I really want her to get have been pumped up with a bunch of stuff, you know, it's still that 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 tightrope of I want her to kind of be, you know, I don't I don't want her to be too special. I don't necessarily need too much mixed in. But clearly, you know, you keep finding these little hints. And I think that's what makes the episode so great is that, you know, you can you can miss this. You can gloss over it. You can go in and there's like, oh, really? OK. Um, and yeah, that, that I think was, you know, once again, I was very surprised how the, the episode ended, although it, it seemed like, well, you know, like that, their particular story within that cantina, uh, was really interesting. And yeah, that was just, you know, it was an interesting way to introduce it because you have to figure like, you know, how is she going to, how is she going to come off and like, oh, you're doing that wrong. Well, how would you know? Well, you know, it's a strategy game and you're like, okay. And I think we've kind of bought into the fact there's something more. And so, you know, they tee it up for us. We're like, all right, yep, I can totally buy that. So we've bought into Omega. You know, like whether we realize it or not, we are in for a penny, in for a pound. And so this mm. doesn't surprise me. But, boy, it just they just drip, drip, drip that, that detail out. And um, it, it, it was really great. It was really great. I, uh, I just want to add that my uh, six-year-old, when the episode ended on that note, he was really angry. He's like, well, we have to know who wins. He's like, we, we can't just leave it at that. Like, who won, Dad? And I'm like, no, it's, the point is that they're enjoying it, and he, he wasn't buying it. <laughs> you know, we, we've, seen, we've seen it get played, but at some point, someone's going to – I know someone's come up, come up with a game or an easy way for us to play it. Someone create a mobile app that allows us to play to figure out this because you're looking and going – there's three things on the board. How much strategy could there be in this game? Uh, really? And they don't really seem necessarily stay on the tracks or on, on the grid. And so I'm like, how does this work? Um, but it's yeah. a fascinating game that really does, never quite tells you how, the, how, how they're playing uh, as much as, you know, <laughs> we kind of get how Sabak works, even though we haven't played it, because obviously, you know, you need, th- th- there's a flow of that and it kind of like relates to a card game, but this still, there's still a bit of a mystery about this game. Um, mm. But yeah, I'll follow up uh, with my question on that. And were you surprised at all that debt's been paid in full? Mm. That must have been a big one. But yeah, what does what does I'll 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 add this to make us harder. What <laughs> do you think this means now that the debt's paid in full? Episode ten. Good question. So uh, that's a lot of Mantel mix at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge pri- prices. I mean, she won a lot of money for her. Um, let me just nerd out for half a second because I just I do love Dejeric so much. And you just raised a bunch of good things about the game, which which <laughs> is so fun to see it across all its appearances. Um, one of the things I love, and and this is my my uh, eye on canon brain. So I believe in the original Star Wars there are eight creatures on the on the the uh, the um, the table, um, and then there were two creatures created that were then not included because it looked too cl- too cluttered, <laughs> and so then back when Solo was was happening they put all 10 creatures onto the board and then Chewie punches the table in anger and the two (laughs) creatures who are cut out of a new hope disappear. They fizzle out. And so they're never part of the game. 
in A New Hope. Um, and then I think it's just the eight when they play it in Rise of Skywalker. Um, that is one of my favorite fun details about it. Um, and Tom Spina of Regal Robot, uh, who... They, they all just put like a $5,000 set of all the beautiful sculptures of these creatures out. You guys have to check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, he, uh, he, he shared that with me. The other one is that um, the creatures in their animated form, they don't move smoothly. The animators mm-hmm. actually move frames so that it's stop motion in appearance. It's not smooth motion like the other characters. Um, And Dave Filoni said when um, Ahsoka and Padme played the game uh, in the Clone Wars, George Lucas said, like, well, why does it look like that? Like, you got to smooth it out. Like, I couldn't do that in 77. And Dave Filoni convinced him, no, in the universe, it's got the gaps. It's got the jerky motion. So we have to maintain that, which... So I just I just love seeing Dejeric as a part of that. Now to your real question, uh, tangents aside, um, I think this is actually a pretty big deal, as as you're hmm. implying. Um, this gives uh, the 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 Bad Batch a lot more autonomy, one would think, in that they can pick and choose their their uh, missions from Sid. I also wonder if that means we need to start having a bigger purpose for them. Because if it's not just survival, what are they going to choose to do with themselves, right? That movement from what do you do to to get through the day to what do you actually want to be, who do you want to become, might be what fills part of these last um, six episodes. Six episodes is correct, I think. (laughs) Um, And so to me, that's... that is full of possibility and, and it, it'll be interested to see if, if they develop that um, and where they want to go at the very least when Sid says, Hey, I've got this mission to go re- rescue a separatist. They can probably say no to that one and pick up a different one from her the next time. Right. I think of grief Karga sitting with his, his many pucks, right? Exactly. Sid can, offer them two or three and they can choose from it but um i'm going to complicate that as i throw it back to you and say (coughs) are they still having supply problems um wrecker was dropping a lot of charges around in this episode (laughs) and it made me wonder are they getting resupplied are they are they just grabbing stuff from on board the walkers do you think maybe that if if the debt is settled are they kind of in the clear in terms of their equipment what do you think Oh, that's a good question. Um, at least they might be shopping around, you know, at uh, Explosives RS to maybe pick up, uh, see if they can pick up a deal, or maybe there's a weekend, you know, there, there's a weekend, you know, a promo code uh, for a couple <laughs> extra charges. Um, yeah, because they went, they were going through those tanks. Um, a lot of tanks were getting destroyed in this, and uh, yeah, amazingly enough, um, the, the the restraint of the uh, clone army. Uh, the Empire to not use the big guns, which every well, last one of those tanks had, in bringing yeah. them down and and not leveling half the half the city uh, to try to get them. But yeah, that it's interesting. It, you know, now that it's now that they're kind of done. You know, d- do we see the the twilight of this story uh, of Sid's part of the story, or will they still continue to do gigs for her, or still use her as a stomping ground? Maybe as we get into the last episodes. Uh, it's going to be, you know, hey, we've got this other plot point, so we're maybe not going to see Sid as much uh, or focus too much on the debt. Now we can focus on maybe getting 
uh, crosshair back and and breaking Hunter's promise of not going back to Camino. We're all we all know we're going back to Camino um, <laughs> on this. Yeah, uh, great. That's a great question, though. Um, let's see. As I'm looking through and I'm looking through this, some of my thoughts here. The yeah, my Paul brought uh, my my buddy Paul brought up a funny point about apparently it's easier to get on the planet than getting off or. You know, easier getting off the planet than getting on the planet, because um, he said, you know, apparently they didn't lock down the city once all this is going down. So apparently the, yeah. the the ship can just leave, although you know the city's in chaos. Let's see if I'm looking through. Yeah, Echo just a warm body again. Yeah, not a big Echo episode. Tech driving, they all just watch. That was a great point. Yeah, why uh, when they're in the tank. Tech is just driving. Nobody else is doing anything. I, I, you didn't see. I don't. I don't know. Wreckers. Not you know. Nobody. Somebody get on another gun. Yeah. Also, a great point. Sid would allow, even allow, Omega to pay off the debt. Because what's to mm. have? You know, they're not. You know, what's to say that they have to stay? So that's interesting that yeah. she didn't uh, keep them in servitude. So yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's about. I'm trying to think of anything else. Like I said, we hadn't really touched too much on the the mission itself to Raxus. Although I would say I loved GS Nine. I loved the droid. I thought that was a nice little mm. twist that the droid was the client, or really the senator was the client. Um, but yeah, it did seem like the mission. You know, we've been saying how they weren't necessarily being good as a unit, but this one they were really good as a unit, even without Omega. Yeah. Um, so that, were you very surprised that they got in and out so easily, you could say? <laughs> yeah, I do like your, your buddy's, uh, reference to the fact that out seems much easier than, than in, which, yeah, if you're doing a blockade, that seems the opposite of what you want. Um, you know, I think it, the way you just described it made me think is maybe this is what we needed because we have had them in disarray. They're kind of failure when they lost Omega and then sidelined really until the end of that episode, just picking her up uh, last week. Um, and before that, the inhibitor chips, maybe we needed to see them doing good and just being good at their jobs for a bit. And that was um, a good relief this week. And I think that's good uh, to help us out. I, I do want to I'm going to piggyback. I, I, I don't really have a question for this, so I'll just throw it in as my final thought, which is I did think in the mission I loved, just like you just said, about how they were working for a droid and that gave them pause. And the other side of this I really enjoyed was that we're starting to see a little bit about what happened to the separatists. Mm -hmm. um, because, um, again, we've confessed before, neither of us are Clone Wars experts, but I believe Raxus was the capital of the Confederacy. Yes, good point. And it was in the episode Heroes on Both Sides, which that just that line always reminds me that we're supposed to think that the the separatists are a big movement not just that council of people that we we meet in revenge of the sith um and so it's interesting to think about as the republic becomes the empire they just kind of have to fuse everything back together from the the large clone wars that have just occurred and so it was really interesting to see on raxis that that is a very tight-fisted militaristic occupation for a, a separatist planet um and it felt good to get a little bit of that inner mid-rim kind of uh galaxy instead of just playing around in the outer rim where politics matter less and maybe it felt a little more prequel 
in a lot of ways. Mm. They also looked like they were on the streets of Naboo in a lot of the architecture and so on. So, um, yeah, I, so, so my, my thinking is it was a good solid mission and it helped remind us of the circumstances of the galaxy at this moment. Yes. And I think as we get into, you know, like you were talking about the, uh, getting into the high Republic, you know, the second wave of the high Republic where you're getting a little more traction in that universe, you know, to see this little bit of, you know, politics. And it was, it was incredibly, you know, there was a lot of, empire troops there so which probably mm. means that yes it was that this is an area that's not that far off and so you know and being the center of the separatist movement might have had a larger force that was there as probably it was closing in but it was it was interesting to see this them add this and like i said it goes back to these little nuggets in this that you know you can kind of if you're if you kind of blink you kind of miss it but there are some things they're doing with this that allow this show to be a lot more uh, than what we might have thought, like I said, we might have thought this was all we were going to get. Um, but I think mm-hmm. in this case, we did see a little bit more. However, we're going to have to let some other folks take the reins from here. This is July 4th weekend. Um, so if we stuck around anymore, we'd have to really have to do some real work. And mm-hmm. uh, we have some July 4th, and I know I work a little bit, but at any rate, we have some other recap podcasts to uh to to listen to that uh have some have their work cut out for them uh so um we will be back after episode 11 and as we get into the second half of the deep into the second half of the bad batch season um we're gonna have to go but gregory before we leave where can people find you online as always, I'm at Ion Cannon on Twitter. That's E-Y-E-O-N-C-A-N-O-N. Um, really uh, geeking out about High Republic this week. So if people are diving into those books and want to chat about them, shoot me a message, and I'm, I'm always happy to talk High Republic. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, those books look really good, and it's nice to see uh, Kevin Scott and company uh, get a lot of props. Uh, they, mm-hmm. It looks like they've got a nice... A nice bunch of stuff for everybody to kind of plow through and some good podcasts listening ahead. All (laughs) righty. And actually, if you have a question out there, um, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email greg at rebelbasecard.com with your questions, and we'd love to add them to the mix. You can either send a a voice memo or just a a DM or a tweet um, or even cut a video, which our friend uh, Frank over at Mr. Daft Prawn on Twitter has done a couple of times. Appreciate all that. Love getting everybody in, Director Benick and all that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But at any rate, for Gregory Cass and myself, I want to thank you for listening, but breakfast is over. My my coffee certainly is. And we're going to return you to your Star Wars podcast playlist already in progress. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline, off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www dot starwars dot com